Hello, dear listener. Thank you for downloading, streaming, and listening to Spooky Dennis Podcast. My name is Rick Gusman. I'm an improv comedian from New York, and I hate the winter. That's all I got to say. Joining me today is the lady behind the beeps, the boops, the buttons, and the bobs. She is Chelsea Bennington. How are you, Chelsea? I am content. I'm fine. This is fine. It's whatever. <laughs> I'm I'm accepting that I'm snowed in today, and uh, which is not not the worst thing in the world. So it'll no, be it's not, a relaxing. Not the day. worst thing in the world. Yeah. No, but I'm opposed to it. Uh, and for the people that like the snow that listen to the show, you're welcome here. We love you. But I also invite you to eat all parts of my ass. <laughs> Damn. But how are you doing? You staying warm? Staying warm. Um, I'm sleeping oddly. Not only waking up at sporadic, inexplicable times, but I woke up with my neck uh, very jacked up and a lot of pain yesterday. So I don't know what the fuck I did. Um, but but it's, it's hurty. And then when you have to shovel snow, that makes it more hurty. Um, but, you know, what, what do you expect? Uh, I'm elderly. At this point, uh, my body is stupid, and I accept that uh, as part of the doom existence uh, of my life, uh, as I am only here because, uh, as my father said one night, he was in the mood for something sweet, and there was no ice cream in the house. Thanks, Dad. (laughs) All right. Well, that went deeper and darker than it needed to. Just asked if you were staying warm. This is not a therapy session. You can Venmo me after. I guess. Um, anything, any childhood trauma we need to talk about while we're here? Uh, not presently, no. We're, right. Well, maybe, because we're, we're going to talk about something uh, that we've talked about a lot on this podcast, and there's some childhood trauma in it, but not ours. I know you as a youth, uh, you happen to love this franchise very much, uh, happy to see it return, and we watched it together in the confines of a big theater where vaccination proof was required. And that's why we went there. Cause we're not dum-dums. We saw a screen and we're going to talk about it. Yeah, it was, it was very exciting to see a screen movie again on, on the big screen. Cause uh, I had only seen screen four in theaters. Um, the previous three, I had them on VHS. So um yeah, it's it's amazing to continue seeing uh, this series go on successfully. Quite successfully, it was very entertaining. It, was, it had been a while, as we discussed previously on this podcast. Uh, I didn't want to see the fourth one because I saw the first three in the theaters. Was told it was a trilogy. We're calling it a day, and wonderful Chelsea talked me into it. And as you know, uh, another. Uh, title for this podcast could be Rick is wrong about a lot of shit and Rick was wrong about Scream 4 it was very entertaining I enjoyed it so I was excited to see this movie um I thought it was different that uh they didn't start the film with a murder scene uh you know your new characters were coming back I didn't expect Gail Weathers to ride back into town on a motorcycle with Dewey riding bitch um but I liked it I liked the the badass nature of Gail uh because uh you know she's she's always been kind of badass in her own conniving way and uh who knew Courtney Cox looked that good in leather yeah, it felt very like Sons of Anarchy-esque where um, I guess in her free time since she, you know, in Screen 4, she was having trouble figuring out what to write a book about um, after, you know, Sydney also wrote a book. So I was probably feeling some jealousy there. And she finally accepted her Scream 2 persona with the red streaks and mm-hmm. the black and white clothing and went really left field and started her own motorcycle gang very hunter s thompson i believe uh did something similar with the hell's angels uh he said never having read that book only, and these uh, and these were gail's angels yes yeah, the, the wings on the logo and everything dewey had the had the the, the tank top that said property of gail so, you know, not, so none of the other girls are allowed to to disrespect or engage in uh, any activities 
with Dewey. Um, he was also rocking a luchador mask, representing uh, his foray into professional wrestling. Uh, there's a great documentary about that. We're not going to talk about it, but they come back into Wardboro, where, of course, of course, Ghostface is back. He's acting a fool, as Ghostface always do with the stabbing and the poking. And there's a new generation of people to stab and to also poke. Yeah, it's it's interesting that they rebranded Woodsboro as Woodboro. They were like, that'll change it. No one will know this is a killer town if we just call it Woodboro. It's very similar to changing uh, Camp Crystal Lake to Lake Forest Green in Friday the 13th, Part 6. Or, um, as my mother frequently told me growing up, um, lots of hotels in New York City would just change the name anytime someone would get killed there. (laughs) So when we're no longer a Hilton, we're now, insert chain here. It's it's rebranding. I have to appreciate it. And it's, you know, low effort rebranding, which I can also appreciate. So yeah, we're in Woodboro and we have a slew of new teenagers. Um, yeah. What what did you think of them? Um, the new teenagers, I like I liked Huey from the boys. He's there. Uh, he's got superpowers. You know, you gotta you gotta appeal to that market. Huey Lewis days. in the news. Um, you know, Huey uh, from the boys, that Amazon show based on the Garth uh, Ennis comic. He does listen to a lot of Huey Lewis, Huey Lewis rather. His tastes run old. Um, you, you've, you've got Squeaky Fromm, uh, one of the Manson girls there from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. She's there. She's you, you can tell her little rat face. It's a lot of fun going on. Um, you, uh, you've got uh, Shecky. You've got Regis. Um, you, all, all the new all the new sexy people. Uh, representing the the diverse youth of today, it's it's a good time. Um, unfortunately, with the screen and and as you know, I've I've mentioned this problem, uh, my problem with the screens before, still no nudity. Why? Why can't they? Why can't they give me that? Why can't they make me happy? Did you go to the restroom when Ghostface took a shower? I did, that's when I went to the restroom. You're telling me I missed that. Yeah, damn. I knew I wasn't going to tell you about it because I knew you would be upset that that was uh, it too. It was very, um, remember Heather Graham at the beginning of Stab? Uh, yeah, but, like, yeah, but we didn't see nothing. Are you saying this is more akin to our scene in The Boogie Nights? Uh, yeah, I would say so. And it was interesting because you couldn't tell if uh, it, it still kept the mystery alive of who is Ghostface because I truly couldn't tell if I was looking at a woman's butt or a man's butt. It was just a good butt. It was a ghost face butt. Doesn't matter to me, as long as it's butt. I need to see naked people and preferably wet. I am heartbroken now. But it was great. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry you missed it. I probably should have kept my mouth shut and waited for you to buy the DVD. I missed wet ass. I know. And And it was such a commitment. Like he, uh, he or she, was showering with the mask on like they really weren't gonna show their identity i wouldn't i wouldn't picture it any other way yeah was it soapy was the ass soapy yeah it was everything was soapy might as well have been a bubble bath and then like the saxophone started playing and i was like did they put in a different reel no that's not i missed it yeah i guess i'll just have to go see it again yeah that's how they get you that's 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 how you get repeat business ass (laughs) yeah it was so they they finally did take that chance you know i i think they took advantage of this film not being um helmed by wes craven and they were like booty (laughs) but but wes had a history with ass yeah he He likes booty i'm sure he he appreciated it he directed some porn back in the day he never liked to talk about it, but it happened. We know yeah. this. We know this. We know this. And you know, as 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 Ghostface is going through some of these kids, uh, I believe Shecky died first. Um, then it was Regis. Um, Philbin. Yeah, yeah. The, it, it was a character named in honor of the late Regis Philbin. Um, but, but you know, a, a, a sexy young lady. Just happened to be named Rita Philbin because you know. Love is it. there a sexier just, name than Rita Philbin? No, just say it, Regis Philbin. Mm-hmm. Regis Philbin, like say that to yourself or, or whisper it. Regis Philbin. 
Like that sounds so sexy. Anyway, go ahead. It, it absolutely does. And we're going on and going. And it, it's very interesting how they waited to bring Sydney back into the fold proper. Uh, you know, hair in a ponytail, looking uh, ready to fight. Her wrists and hands taped up like you know an MMA fighter. She's she's just waiting for the bell to ring to throw them hands at the ghost face. Yeah, it seemed um, like Sydney's Sydney's past and trauma has gotten the best of her, and she just always looked ready to fight and had on the gray sweatshirt. I know, I know, your girlfriend appreciated that that it looked very Creed esque. Mm-hmm. how um how sydney was presented and just always ready to pounce i don't think there was a moment where she wasn't at least punching something like she punched her phone she would punch furniture she would punch people she punched I, her dinner at the olive garden yeah exactly i mean which where when you're there your family but not not sydney um because depends on the family there are some families that throw hands that throw hands at the olive garden um so i i did appreciate that every character was almost traumatized by her every time she moved they would just flinch as if they were about to get hit like she was really making me on edge Mm -hmm. because you know i can that's why she is the scream queen for the generation after mine and that she's not just screaming she has evolved in a way that has uh that i feel and you can correct me as i'm wrong being a woman uh that's younger than me that she has empowered the women of the next generation you can be scared a little bit here and then you gotta fuck somebody up and that's sydney prescott for you Am I, am I reading that? Am I incorrect in, in making that statement? You are not incorrect. Nothing makes me feel more empowered than watching a woman punch everybody in her vicinity. Because I would not one, not one for the roundhouse kicks, uh, Sydney Prescott. She's very much into the ground and pound. And, roundhouse uh, kicks are wasting time. That's a second that you're losing. You're doing that all to impress someone. You got to go. You got to bam, bam, bam. You can't you can't waste your time on on roundhouse kicks and and jumping. One more time, please. Bam, bam, bam. That that's exactly what it was like. That's it. Waving fists in the air. But but of course there has to be the mystery. There has to be the intrigue. Which one of these people have done it? And there's so many red herrings like could it could have been shecky it could have been regis they actually bring in red herrings in the fishing scene because you know hey why not take everybody at woodboro onto a boat there's a lake nearby of course there's a lake there has to be a lake get on the boat and and people are getting picked off i was waiting for a shark to show up but that didn't happen i was very upset about that uh but yeah you know it's a good time scream on the sea scream on the sea i love it where no one can hear you scream ah that would have been a great tagline i should be a director um (laughs) yeah i mean it would have been iconic to have um a shark appear even also in a ghost face mask it would have been even more iconic if like samuel jackson appears and does his whole deep blue sea monologue i was thinking ll cool j or maybe jason statham yeah, Jason Statham would have been like, oh, it's Ghostface. When did Jason Statham get here? Oh, bollocks. It's, it's like he's in the room. I was about to say crikey, but that's wrong. <laughs> never know. You never know. Could be in the line. Like, hey, in this movie, you're Australian. What's your favorite scary movie? My Dawson Shaw. It wasn't Wrath of Man, I'll tell you that much. (laughs) And then, of course, you know, it's always got to go back to somebody you know. We got Gail Weathers throwing down. We got Sydney throwing hands. We got a big time horror con Rana from Dewey 
Courtney Cox counts to three while Ghostface is pinned and they pull the mask off and it goes right back to Scream 3. It's Jason Mewes portraying Jay from the View Askew films, but there's always an accomplice too. And that accomplice comes popping out the closet. Boom, Kevin Smith as Silent Bob. He's the second ghost face, tying in the universes solidly once again that it's all connected. The Scream universe and uh, the, the View Askew universe are connected, which explains why Kevin Smith uh, directed Stab 9, Citizens on Patrol. It's just brilliantly done. I, I loved it. It was such a clever callback to that great moment in Scream 3 with, with Jay and Silent Bob when, when he's like, it's that weather chick, or uh, I can't remember the exact line. And I think she flips him off, but it's mm-hmm. an iconic yet quick scene. And I was always left wondering, where do Jay and Silent Bob fit in here? Like in Scream 4, I thought we would address it, but no. And then in this one, it just got to the point where I didn't think about it anymore. It was 20 years ago. That's, that's how they phase you. It. Yeah, it comes full circle. I think Wes Craven would have just cried such happy, impressed tears um, because he knows this, this is tying back to everything we've had questions about, which is not, are Gail and Dewey gonna get back together? Is Sydney ever gonna recover? Is Emma Roberts gonna come back because she still wants to be an influencer? Like what, what's all gonna happen? No, we're wondering what happened to Jay and Silent Bob? Mm-hmm. So- and, and you gotta love all the Easter eggs to all the other Wes Craven films. Uh, you got the Horace Pinker TV repair truck. Uh, there's a leather gimp mask referring to people on the stairs. Uh, uh, we, 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 there, was, there was that scene at the airport that's akin to the movie Red Eye with Killian Murphy. So there's a whole lot going on to keep the fans happy. It was great. It was great. And did you notice Silent Bob? Like, that's just, that's the perfect killer. Yes. That's the stealthy. Killer. Stealthy. It's a stealthy man, like a ninja. Like I, oh my God, just, you wouldn't even hear him walk. It -hmm. was frightening. And for him to be the one to take Dewey down with no words. Straight, straight took him out. Straight took him out. And, and, and Courtney Cox, she was, she was clearly emotional, was the Gail Weathers. She lost the love of her life. And there's Jay uh, right there with the ever classic line. Uh, of hey baby you ever had your asshole eaten by a fat man in an overcoat boom and now we're into the big fight of throwing hands and of course silent bob being silent bob he has to get a lightsaber saber involved i didn't really care for that as someone that doesn't like the star war but i get it you're you're, you you gotta he's gotta serve that master although i'm not sure why yeah i felt like it took you know because like i said silent bob's a perfect killer stealth but when you make him into a freaking nerd, like that just takes away a little bit. And I'm like, when getting the lightsaber out, you know, I, I'm glad that didn't last terribly long because no, it needs to be a classic knife. The lightsaber in the screen universe, I, I appreciate the creativity and the innovation, but sometimes lightsabers are just not the answer. I would say that they're never the answer, but that's me. And scene. Enough of that silliness. <laughs> the Jay and Silent Bob. That was great. Thank you. I try. I try. So, dear listener, uh, as, as you know, we just improvise that because it's fun. And if you haven't seen Scream, I recommend you pause this now and watch it because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. We'll we'll be here when you come back. We'll be back. We'll we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait right here. I'm not okay. Waiting. You're back. We we. I, I missed you, Chelsea. Did you miss the listener? No, they should have. You... I'm not waiting. I sh- they should have watched by the time they started it. So the fact, if you are someone who stopped it and then went and watched the movie and then came back, dude, time management. So no, I did not miss them. I did not miss you. Chelsea's a cruel, cruel woman when it comes to scream, but it's because she holds it close to her heart. All right, let's get into the nitty gritty of this motherfucker. Let's do it um 
I I loved it. I I really want to watch it again. It's it's very much um if you remember Rick when we went and saw Halloween Kills, remember I watched it again that weekend like I just needed yes. to pick apart things not to cuz I didn't like it, but I just wanted to understand a lot of choices and I feel the same way with this where I really enjoyed it. Um I don't even have any real complaints one thing that my best friend told me um is uh she thought it missed some of the bite that uh the dialogue in the previous movies had not like to the point where it was unenjoyable but um and i and i could see that because it's it's a different you know it's a different team so of course there's going to be something different but i I enjoyed the hell of it. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, and I know Rick, you didn't think I was going to like this, but I'm so glad one of the uh, OG three died. It just had to happen. You can't keep doing this, these movies without killing one. I don't know if Wes would have particularly agreed. I think he probably would have, but it had to happen. Uh, That's all I wanted going in. If, if Dewey, Sydney and Gail came out, uh, alive from this again it, it it's I don't think it works as well it, when you have uh, a character like that that uh, that that people love that have been through shit that are familiar they're your they're your fictional friends when one of them finally uh, bites the dust as Dewey did in a great scene uh, a pretty fucking powerful scene if i can say so um it it shows you that uh going back to the third one anyone can die even one of the main characters so it's important to have that weight there um we've talked about it before you're watching a movie a horror movie and there's a kid and you know they're gonna be fine this movie isn't gonna kill the kid but if that kid dies it's like well anything fucking goes everybody's at play and we're in it um i'd like to talk about some of the new uh characters Mm -hmm. we've got we've got sam carpenter played by melissa barrera who we find out is billy loomis's illegitimate daughter who's seeing visions of of billy loomis which i think is kind of weird and may have started out as a red herring but it worked. I the the performance of that character, like, made you kind of think: is 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 the antagonist actually one of the protagonists in a way, or is that another misdirection? Because there were a lot of them. You had characters being bruised and claiming it was due to football, uh, and 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 other things. We just, yeah, that's another reason why I want to watch it again to see and pick up on all of the things because i thought for a while it was going to be uh the character wes uh aptly named uh and and use as a as a as a homage to wes craven i thought he was going to get uh be the killer especially once it's established that he's the son of judy hicks who we remember from the fourth one mm-hmm. like you know like okay his mom's the law but he's clearly lawless and uh, i was like nope nope i'm incorrect yeah i loved i loved the new characters i found all of them fun um and i was rooting for quite a few of them i love that we you know the way each uh each series ties in randy they did a good job this time with randy's uh niece and nephew and bringing back his sister I loved that um so the twins Chad and Mindy I was you know again since we're we're in spoiler uh a spoiler safe zone now um I'm so happy the twins lived uh I was so okay with like the body count being what it was because I wanted those twins to either live or be the killers (laughs) like I just wanted um one or the other and it didn't also, look good for Chad there for a second. It really didn't look good for Chad or Mindy. I mean, Mindy lost a lot of blood. Like, I'm surprised, like, both of them were alive when they gave each other, like, a thumbs up or a wave, whatever it was, um, in the ambulances. I was like, hey, that, that's that's Jasmine Savoy Brown. She plays Thaisa on the Yellow Jacket. She's going to be okay. She survived worse. She's amazing. And um, 
Wes uh, actually, his scene, his shower scene that was very, you know, like, of course, um, I saw people comparing it to, you know, Psycho and such. Uh, I mean, the killer brings up Psycho. And then there's no butt. No butt. Yeah, that there was no butt at all, Rick. You didn't miss any butt. Um, So. Oh, I missed it. I missed it because it wasn't there. You missed it. Yeah. But I think my favorite scene throughout the throughout the movie was and and definitely the most like felt the most Wes as well. Um, And I mean, Wes Craven, not the character. was Judy on the phone with the killer and racing to get home and you and you have all of these fake outs Mm -hmm. uh jump scare fake outs with Wes which you know even my best friend who doesn't like horror movies she said that was absolutely brilliant and um but I I mean the screen movies are really good for people who don't like horror movies or think they don't like horror movies but um but anyway so good and then she dies and then the way Wes dies it's so it's so intimate because Ghostface is right in his face and the knife to like the the neck and face and just Mm. watching him slowly slide down it's like god this movie is holding like no punches like that was when I was fully on board because at first I wasn't super crazy about the Billy Loomis thing but they didn't use it too much. So it was fine. But I was like, God, don't have this man like appearing every time she's in a mirror. Like it, it just, I felt like it was going to be too much of a gimmick. Cause I believe that Billy had a, I, I mean, we know that he was having sex with women other than, other than Sydney. If, um, you, if you reference that first film where uh, he's talking to gals in the mass murder section of the video store, um, he was, he was out there swinging that dick yeah so it was it was very it was very believable I wasn't like eye roll about it but I just didn't want it to become so gimmicky but I don't think it did so yeah but the Wes and Judy scene was my favorite scene it was so good so tense I I, I like Judy's death a lot because it happened in oh, the it's brutal so we're seeing Ghostface in the daylight in an exterior setting it's not um ghost face uh killing the fans in the high school uh it's it's out in the open with a flagrant disregard for shit and this movie was a lot gorier than the previous ones i mean there's always the pools of blood but to see the blades penetrate oh yeah uh, it was which brutal. which i liked because uh, I recently watched a documentary on Giallo's on Shutter called All the mm. Colors of Giallo. And previously I've said, I like Scream, but it's not a horror movie. It's a whodunit. Uh, uh, masquerading as a horror movie. But now having a better understanding of Giallo's, while it's not as colorful as, as many of them, it is a Giallo in the sense that you, you'll have a masked killer who's wearing black gloves, who's stabbing people, and and it'll challenge the audience to try to figure it out yeah. uh pure giallo does that some some cheat in a way it's like we're just going to add a character at the end of the movie that you would never would have seen coming uh but you know all the characters are right there so you know when when it's revealed that richie played by jack quaid and amber played by mikey madison are the killers it's it's brilliant that you know Dewey guessed it in one. Hey, your new boyfriend, he's one of the killers mm-hmm. and done. And and we've got fucking uh, Mikey Madison, who I immediately recognized from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So when she gets lit on fire again and is screaming like a Wabanshee, I'm like, a typecast actor is a paid actor. She's yeah. found her niche. I Light thought, her character on fire. I thought um, the killer reveals were great. Like one that I loved was uh, when when Amber is revealed, it it's by uh, one of the characters um, saying the killer is in the is in the house or says something like that, and she goes, "I know." Liv McKenzie, played by Sonia Amar. Yeah, and she pulls the gun immediately and says, "I know," and just shoots her in the head. Like it's very quick, and I loved that. And then Richie Richie was such a fun character throughout the throughout the um, the movie. I think Jack Quaid just plays that really well. And uh, do you want to say something to the mic, Tonks? 
Okay. Um, and so <laughs> got away in. It got away in. And she's like, we're talking about killers. Uh, but the way he was revealed and it that very meta moment of going, I know it's a bummer, it's me. And I'm like, that's such a nod to the audience, too, because it is a bummer that it's him. Like you you can't help but fall in love with him and the way um you know he plays himself as like uh learning about watching all the movies on netflix the stab movies listening to interviews and uh, becoming such a fanboy which he ended up actually being like their their reasons for killing were fine with me i i don't really you know i saw some people on subreddit thought that they're ironically uh thought that their reasons for killing and meeting on the stab subreddit was um was unrealistic and i'm like have you guys heard of 4chan this is not <laughs> um that unrealistic or or reddit and so we've I got a lot of evidence that kooks meet up on the internet yeah. and do some outlandish shit yeah if you so don't believe me refer to january 6th 2021 exactly so it was it was totally believable to me but um and i also liked and this is another reason i want to watch it talks don't don't do that just like rubbing against the mic um she wants she wants to be a part of the show she wants this to be a part of it engineer you, you she has a job been, you haven't even watched the movie yet so stop um the the blink and you miss it you uh find out kirby lived Mm-hmm. I'm like, yes. When I read I, that the next day, I was screaming. I was so happy. Kirby from Scream 4. So I want to see didn't... that screenshot though, because I, I missed it. I must have been eating queso. I did yes, I did not I I did not catch it at the time. I did notice ah. the box of Tatum's ashes. That in, was that was a great little nod. In in Dewey's uh, little trailer there. Uh, I like that he's referred to as a shitty Sam Elliott uh by yeah by richie um and 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 it works because back in the day and probably because of the success of scream david arquette ended up playing a lot of i'll say it fucking dorks uh dewey in the first three films is a fucking dork there's no way around it in here he's the the broken uh retired sheriff that you'll see in a lot of western type things so him going out like he did uh is a was a very very fitting ending um and i'm sure the internet picked up on a lot more um easter eggy things the recreation of uh of the scene from the original where chad is running through the yard uh, and Ghostface runs up. Oh, that was fr- so good! From behind and stabs him in the front, uh, reminiscent of Drew Barrymore. When Mindy's on the couch watching Stab, at, similar to her uncle, and saying like, "Turn around, turn around," and Ghostface is behind her. It 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 it's, it it appealed to the nostalgia and set the ground for a new generation in a way that some other franchises tried and failed again allow me to shit on star war here uh because Mm. that that felt like just big budget fan fiction and this i think was done with love and with care to the originals it was very much a love letter to wes i think the party for wes at the end was really great um that was such a such a beautiful nod and also the another great callback is it all being in Stu's house the pan out when you realize mm-hmm. it's Stu's house was great like that was when you realized we're about to be in the act three bloodbath and it was so exciting so I'm excited to watch it again I'll buy it right when it's available I was low-key considering um and this would have been an insane thing to do uh the next day I saw Lord of the Rings, the return of the King at Alamo. And, um, in that theater, they were going to play scream right after. And I was like, should I just stay and get a ticket for scream? And then I was like, 
you've been here for four hours you need to leave (laughs) because it was the extended edition of Lord of the Rings but I was really tempted to just like when I saw next up scream I mean obviously I wasn't going to sneak I was going to buy my ticket and support them but it was considering it so and I want to digress for one second because I want to give a I want to give like a like a stop it tax Jesus Christ all right, I'm not editing that out. So everyone, I'm just struggling with my cat. Um, I want to give a shout out to the girl who was sitting next to me. I did not catch your name, but I thought you were awesome. She was so delightful. She was just going, she randomly just was like, I'm going to go watch Scream. She told me she bought the ticket spon- like in a spontaneous 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 what the hell are my words um in a spontaneous move and she said she was going to check out our podcast so if you are listening welcome welcome. you didn't have to pause the the podcast because you had seen the movie so thank you for listening yeah Um, thank you for listening and um follow me on instagram (laughs) you were just she was so cool We'll get to those plugs. Early in the movie, I thought I had figured it out about five minutes in, uh, and I was glad I was wrong. Uh, in that opening scene that ends up not being a kill scene, where it's like, you know, name, name the killers, and uh, the, 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 the gal on the phone uh, who is, uh, hang on one second, can I find her? Tara Carpenter, mm-hmm. played by Jenna Ortega. Uh, says Billy Loomis and Ghostface says, you know, like wrong, you know, Stu Mocker was his accomplice. And then right after that, she says, uh, someone else says, Billy and his friend were the killers. I thought we were going to see Matthew Lillard return with like scars on his face from where the TV landed on him. Like he'd been alive this entire time planning his revenge. So I was glad I was wrong. Do you think you had it figured out uh, at any point before the the revelations? It's so funny because I feel like, and and this isn't a knock to Wes Craven because this applies to Scream 4 too. I feel like with the first Scream movies, I figured out at least one of the killers rather early, Um, especially like I love you Timothy Oliphant but it was pretty obvious that Mickey was a killer in Scream 2 <laughs> but um but I but I loved it he did Mickey it. the freaky Tarantino film yes, student yes exactly but if he's a suspect then I'm a suspect so let's move on. <laughs> so let's move on <laughs> it's like if you're a suspect I'm a sus- or you know whatever anyway um but in Scream 3, you know, because I thought Rowan died, I was, you know, kind of stumped on who that killer was going to be. Um, and in Scream 4, I genuinely couldn't figure it out. I figured Culkin was probably one just because it's a Culkin. Uh, but Emma Roberts took me by surprise. And in this one, yeah, I didn't have it figured out. I thought maybe Amber, because she just looks like a psycho, like she's beautiful, but she looks crazy um and she's played crazy very well before um yeah she has I didn't think it was Richie I really didn't think it was Richie I couldn't want, tell who the second you was wanted him to be a good boy no I wanted him to be a good boy I loved him so much I figured maybe it was one of the twins and maybe Mindy was uh you know had fake blood on her and she was like you know not actually dead but um I mean which she ended up being alive so no, I didn't have it figured out at all. I would not watch it again immediately because now having seen it, mm-hmm. I got to do the whole shebang. You know, I, I kind of want to do that too. I, I can't get just watch, watch them, yeah. Watch five. It's like we got to start at one and go all the way through. I'm that kind of person. There are some franchises uh like Friday the 13th, where I'll skip a couple, or a Halloween, I can kind of do piecemeal, depending on uh, which version, which continuity I want to watch. Scream is like, if, if we're doing one, we're doing every single goddamn one of it, well, I think, in order. 
I think it's also because I know a lot of people don't like Scream 3 or it's their least favorite, but I think that one's quality too. It's also it very freaking timely. Yes. Like, um, but I, I would think it, it's my favorite now because, well, I mean, five is not my favorite, but I would, that would be my second favorite because I still feel it was a cautionary tale biting the hand that fed it. Yeah. Now, knowing the world, knowing what, you know, only insiders knew about Harvey Weinstein. I feel that somebody was trying to warn people. Exactly. And you also have that amazing moment, not to underhand that or undermine that, but when Parker Posey gets punched in the face and goes, my lawyer loved that. Such a good line. I love Parker. Is it, is it better than Jay going, hey, it's that chick from the news, fucking Connie Chung. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does call her Connie Chung. I couldn't remember what he said other than like a weather chick or a news chick. Um, no, both are iconic. Both are iconic lines. Um, but, uh, and then Jenny McCarthy going, my boyfriend just died. Why am I taking a shower? <laughs> So wash your butt. <laughs> but no, I, I agree with you. I think it'd be fun to marathon these because Scream 4 is the one I've seen uh most recently just because I rewatched it. I didn't we watch it? Yes, we did. Yeah, that's the last time I watched it because Jen hadn't seen it, right? Beautiful lady had never seen it. Okay. Um, so yeah, I wanna I wanna go back and watch the OGs. Um I think Scream 2 may still be my favorite for probably nostalgia purposes i don't know if i would say it's the best one but all right what outside of nostalgia why why that one i'm curious i think it's mostly the nostalgia i think the it's the best uh, opening kill um i i think it's the best opening kill um and it's such a great late 90s cast like you have you know young timothy oliphant you got um Sarah could, Michelle Geller. I was about Christian. to say, could we just break it down like you love Sarah Michelle Geller, and that that could be why? Well, it's why I, I you know, first like started watching the screen movies. I loved Buffy so mm-hmm. much, and I got when I started getting into like all of those late teens uh, horror movies, or not late teens, late nineties. Um, but I really do think it's for nostalgic purposes. If I said the one that's the best made. I know it's probably a polarizing choice, but I would say it's between Scream and Scream 4. I don't know. I love all of them. I have a Mm -hmm. reason for loving all of them, but I think Scream 4 deserves, I I think it's starting to get the love it deserves, but like there's so many people who still think that one was an abomination for some reason. And I don't know why. I think it's great. Maybe because they were closed-minded like me. And I think if you look at a franchise where the worst thing to happen to it are Courtney Cox's bangs in the third one, you mm-hmm. do it pretty fucking good. Mm-hmm. Totally. The red mm-hmm. streaks in Scream 2 are iconic. I think that's my favorite. Uh, well, she's styling in that one. Haircut or hairstyle. But Scream 5 is your favorite, you would say. Yeah. Uh, to bring up Beautiful Lady uh, as well uh it, it was really hilarious going into the theater where she just uh in the days ahead of time she just kept saying you know th- this is you guys thing i'm not really invested in this this is your thing um and you heard me laughing and you didn't understand why because when gail and dewey were reuniting in this film uh i heard her audibly go like oh and she was emotionally brought in. And then when some of the fight people are fighting back against Ghostface, I hear her go, yeah. So I'm cracking up. She's such a freaking liar. She likes the movies. Good no, God. Yeah. I, I don't believe I don't believe she was lying. I believe she was just incorrect ahead of time and brought into things. So I'm there laughing, and you whisper to me, what the fuck are you laughing about? I love it. Yeah, I know. Cause you kept laughing. I was like, shut the hell up. I'm trying to watch the movie. But then when I realized it was because of Jen, I was like, oh, that's fine. It's <laughs> just like, shut it. He's <laughs> like, yeah, she's getting hyped up and ball in her fist and ready to throw hands as well. Well, I was and- I was making fun of your laugh too. I was being mean because you were laughing through your mask and it just sounded like you were struggling to breathe. And I was like, are you having a panic attack during this movie? I'm trying to watch it. 
don't inconvenience me by losing consciousness you dumb boy exactly if you were if you were having like some type of health issue would have been like are you kidding (laughs) now (laughs) now wait 20 minutes (laughs) so funny but no it was a great time so that's a lie if i went down like a one-legged parrot in the middle of a movie theater you would be very concerned and would do everything you could to assist me but once i was out of icu you would bust my balls unmercifully and that's friendship yes what's but i'd wait till the credits roll if i'm really enjoying the movie i'd be like i'll get you help when this i don't happens. think you would i think similarly to when i'd I was like to think i would when i was working in a video store i was uh, in charge of i was the poster guy so I had like a lot of power and like, you know, people that wanted posters when we were done with them. Absolutely. I'd give them to you, but I'd be hanging them up above the shelves. And one day I fell off the ladder and the manager was very concerned and made sure I was okay. The following day, however, it's like, Hey, Rick, Rick, remember when you fell off the ladder yesterday? And then she laughed at me because we're friends like that. Once she knows I'm fine. Yeah. Then the ball busting can and should commence. Amazing. Because it's only funny until someone gets hurt. Then it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) So good. But yeah, loved this movie. Can't wait to watch it again. But I think I'm gonna go the Rick route and also watch all five. I'm I'm tempted to buy uh the the previous ones on DVD and and we'll do a marathon. They're fairly um, cheap. I saw them at Target the other day. They 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 certainly are, mm-hmm. uh, as they should be. Uh, mm-hmm. You get like the first three Miramax ones, and I don't know what studio put out the fourth one, but you got to buy that separate, I suppose. Yeah. Why am I blanking on hmm, whatever? It's all good. <laughs> so, any final thoughts on on, on Scream? Um. I will say I'm happy if this is the end, but mm-hmm. if these guys decide to make another one, even just fully retiring Sydney and Gail, I think I may be on board. No, I'm likely on board because I think these guys, I mean, ready or not's fantastic. This was really good. I'm, I wouldn't be super upset either way. Like if this was the last one we get, great. If they have a good idea and want to try with these characters again, cool i'll watch it that i have they i have you know respect and trust for them there's money involved you don't have to bring back uh gail or sydney they've they've left woodsboro Mm -hmm. but you can bring in heather matarasso again as mom of the twins sister of randy she Mm -hmm. that that was a nice little surprise so if there's money there might be another one and i think there was some money there uh and I read a thing in Fangoria where, you know, especially during a pandemic, uh, if you're going to go to a theater, you got to take risk benefit analysis into it. And I can understand people not wanting to take a chance on something that they may like myself. I want to see antlers, but am I willing to uh, risk my health for it? No, but familiar things like this. and halloween kills and spider-man uh i'm willing to do i'll take a risk to uh support a local theater by me that's independent that clearly needs help there's not a big corporation around it but i'll wait a couple of weeks like with nightmare alley so i can see it in a mostly empty theater sure uh but you know this made some money so they, they, they might come back for more and anytime you can listen to uh, Red Right Hand on the big screen, which I love that little addition as oh, well. Wait, I do have a fi- another final thought. I can't believe yeah. I missed this. My, my, best, my best friend and I were geeking out over this scene, um, which I was surprised again with her not loving horror movies. The scene where Kyle Gallner's uh, character dies uh, again someone a bit more famous than the other guys and like is gone quick i love those deaths in movies that are very um 
very quick and you almost miss it. And it's such a violent outcome. So the quick jab with the knife in the Mm -hmm. neck, and that's it again, like blink if you miss it, but it's so brutal at the same time. I I loved that. And with red, right hand playing, it was fantastic. I can't believe I didn't bring that up. That might've been, yeah, I was just geeking out over how well-made that scene was. So, okay. Actual final thought. I am done. All right, then. So where can people find it if they want to find it? Like this uh, wonderful lady that sat next to you at the Nighthawk Theater during that screening and overheard that we had a podcast and was asking you about it. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, you're a guy. You don't have to interject in this conversation. (laughs) Chelsea's got this. Chelsea will plug the show. And I did. And I did. Tell the people where they can find you if they want to find you. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. If you just type in Chelsea Bennington, I'm pretty much the first uh, the first um, search result. Uh, so yeah, you can find me there. And you can find Spooky Doings on Instagram, Spooky Doings Improv on Facebook. Uh, we'll do a show again when it's safe. Uh, you can find me at Rick Guzman 718 on the Tweety. And we're having a good time. And this was a wonderful film. And uh, I think Wes Craven would be happy with it. I think so too. Because I was happy with it. Yeah. Fuck it, fine. <laughs> All right. Any any last words from Tonks or is she fucked off? Tonks is fucked off, but you know who is here? Jason Statham. He came back. What's your favorite scary movie? Not Revolver. Mine's Crank and Crank 2. It's like he's here. So, so Jason Statham, uh, I know you're going to go film Meg 2. Thank you for taking time to be on the show. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping uh, that you, you punch a shark once again, uh, and maybe we'll, we'll have uh, Tom and Jennifer Rizzuto uh, back to talk about that film because they are our uh, reluctant uh, shark film experts. And that's, that's always a good time to talk to them. So if they're listening, we have plans for you that we haven't told you about. <laughs> but for everybody else in the meantime and in between time, stay good, stay healthy, stay spooky. Till next time.